0: Long before big-box stores and local supermarkets, general stores were at the heart of Americans' commercial lives, especially in smaller rural communities where they served as a town hub and community gathering place. Communities depended on them for just about everything except for the things they could grow, raise, or make on their own. And in the case of today's guest, everything meant whatever you needed, cradle to casket. In this episode... I head just outside Valley Cruces, North Carolina to visit with Tracy Tilley and Sherry Moritz for a behind the scenes look at the iconic Mass General Store that roots back to the late 1800s. We talk about Mass's fascinating history, its commitment to the Valley Cruces community, a period in the 70s that the store actually closed, and how the Cooper family purchased the Mass Store, relocated to Valley Cruces, and spent the next couple of years working with the community to get the store ready to reopen in June of 1980. They quickly regained the reputation as the store that has everything. Modern general stores allow customers to wander back in time, imagining a period where life was lived a little slower and simpler. At Mass General Store, you feel like you've truly stepped back into a bygone era. The historical location, squeaky wood floors, antique fixtures, relics, enormously helpful and knowledgeable staff, and a variety of goods from fashion to fried chicken cookbooks and toffee to tents, they collectively add to the experience. If you love Mass General Store, you're going to love this episode. Let's get to it. You're listening to Exploration Local, a podcast designed to explore and celebrate the people and places that make the Blue Ridge and Southern Appalachian Mountains special and unique. My name is Mike Andrus, the host of Exploration Local. Join us on our journey to explore these mountains and discover how they fuel a spirit of adventure. We encourage you to wander far, but explore local. Let's go. Well, I'm excited to be here today. I am actually in Banner Elk, and I am on the premises of the Mass General Store, and I am here with Tracy Tilley. She's the Community Communication Specialist, and Sherry Moritz. She is the storyteller, and I will tell you that there are a lot of stories because we've already been talking here and we have shared a lot of stories for most of our listeners. They're going to know the mass general store for those people who don't know the mass general store. First of all, when you come to North Carolina or now even into Virginia, and we'll talk about some of the new store in Roanoke and even into Tennessee and in Knoxville, you are going to have the experience of your life because These aren't just brick and mortar stores that are made to look period. These are amazing stores that really are an authentic example of an old country general store that really has its roots all the way back to to 1883. So Sherry and Tracy, I'm so excited for you to be here today with me. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. It's a great time to be able to share a story and, and get the word out there.
0: We're going to talk a lot about where you are today and what makes you different than a lot of other stores, general stores, and, and where you're going in the future. But we really want to kind of set it up and talk about because you're really linked to your past. And everything that you do is connected back to your past. And so it's such a great story. Let's start there. Let's start with sort of the the first half of the story of mass General store
1: well we're out in a community called Valley Cruces its name is Latin it means Valley of the cross when it got its name the um, there was a an Episcopal minister who came to the area looking for a western outpost for the Episcopal Church so he traveled into the mountains here, and he was so impressed with the hospitality of the people that uh, he wrote back and said, I think I have a perfect place to establish this Western mission here in the mountains. Um, So he was just enamored with the beauty of the area, and the reason it's it's called Valley Cruces is because he saw in the confluence of three creeks in the valley floor here the, uh, a St. Andrew's cross mm. so when I first heard this story I'm like wow a St. Andrew's cross that must be really cool and then I found out it's an X <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like okay that's fine but then there's there's another story and he must have been a very romantic person at heart um, that he saw a, a cross rising from in the fog from the confluence of those creeks uh, too so I'm like okay I like that one better Yeah. <laughs> um, So that's how we got our name. Okay. Episcopal Mission was very important to the community. It it provided many services where um, doctors, even the post office for a while. It became the first agricultural school uh, in this part of the state. Uh, It ministered to people's spiritual health as well as their their physical health. Uh, So it's very important to hear. But then in 1850 or so, there was a store built called the Taylor & Moore Store. And that operated into the the 60, 1860s on up into the 70s. Then Henry Taylor, who was a part of Taylor & Moore, evidently bought out the interest from his partner. And he needed a bigger store, so he built what we call the middle room now as the first part of the mass store. And it was obviously Taylor's store at that point in time. And when he built the, the store, he decided not too long after he built it, oh, I need some more room in here. So if you're walking down the middle room, you can see where the original threshold was because he built about another 20 feet forward on the store. Okay. And then in 1897, W.W. Um, Mast, Willi- William Wellington Mast, bought half interest, and then in around 1911, 1913 or so, he bought the remaining interest in the store. And then it became, you know, operated by WW and the rest of his family for the next sixty some odd years until seventy-three when it was sold.
0: And what we're talking about here is the original store, mm-hmm. the original Mass General store, which is in Valley Cruces. That's yes. that's the store that we're talking about here. Okay, gotcha.
1: Yes. That's the big rambling, a lot of people call it a crooked store because it's been added on to so many times. Uh, as the store saw different needs. It's kind of like a house. When you have a new family member, welcome to your family, you add another room on the back of your house. Uh, that's what they did to the store. So the what we call the front room, where you enter the store now, was originally kind of a, a shed or a lean-to, and then it got gussied up, I guess, <laughs> to an actual room. Uh, and that's where the potbelly belly stove is now. Um, it's where Dr. Perry had his office when he came back after his schooling uh, to have to see patients. Uh, which, incidentally, right around the, the corner from that was the first hospital in Watauga County. Uh, is kind of located right across the road from where the school is now. That was Dr. Perry's house. Okay. Um, so then the uh, what we call the the shoe room was the feed room at one point in time. So that's where all the horse feed and chicken scratch and cow chop and stuff like that was and then they added the uh, what's the knife shop now that was the potato grading room where they would bring trucks and wagons and unload the the potatoes there and it'd be graded a b and c uh, before taken to market
0: wow so this general store was a true general store and if for listeners who have been to this area then they're going to know you're really tucked into a little valley here but for listeners that don't know it's not really it probably back then especially it wasn't really easy to get anywhere or get many places from there I would imagine so this store served all the needs of the local people it I don't know about all but a lot of the needs as a true general mercantile
1: right right I mean what people couldn't make for themselves or do for themselves they would go to the store to to get things Uh, there are uh, ledger books and when I say ledger books, there are some, you know, that have the handwriting things like, you know, Farmer John uh, came in and traded me four pounds of butter and got two horse collars and a bridle. Uh, so we have those ledgers and we also have what the store ordered from outside places, like the Bristol Coffin and Casket Company. So from cradle to grave, that's what general stores handled, you know, for everyone. <laughs> So from the Bristol Coffin and Casket Company, you could order a ready-made casket, or you could order the accessories, the handles, the, uh, the inside of the coffins, if you're going to have it built here.
0: When Mass purchased this store, how many years did they have it? They had it all the way up until what period of time?
1: Until 1973. Until That's
0: 1973, th- mm-hmm. okay.
1: That's when it was sold to, as I understand, a brain surgeon from Atlanta, and a professor at Appalachian State University.
0: Okay. And there was a period of time there. Did it did it struggle? Did the store struggle? Did Was it not keeping it to its roots? There's a little gap there that I'm unclear of before the Coopers bought it and, and when this, this gentleman owned it.
1: So many things were changing in the 70s. As the workforce changed, what people are doing, they're finding uh, jobs in town, they're working in factories, they're working in stores, they're working in other things, in population centers So they stopped by the grocery store on their way home. The the general store just kind of falls out of favor. So the 70s was kind of a transitional period for us here. And it's actually probably a miracle that the store hung on that long.
2: They bought different products and sold different products. But I think part of the decline of the store at the time was what Sherry was talking about, that there wasn't the need for the general store was not as great because people were shopping in town or, you know, living in town, those sorts of things.
0: Enter the Coopers. The Coopers, that's the family that owns the Mass General store right now. Let's talk about that a little bit, because this is a really interesting story about how you take this fledgling closed place at this point and you try to revive it into something that it is today.
2: The Coopers have family in Virginia, and so they would travel to Virginia from Florida, and Valley Cruises was a a nice place to stop and spend the night. And so they fell in love with the store, and I think they always just kind of kept their eye on it. And then when the store closed, word got back to the Coopers that it was for sale, and they
1: made a decision to, to move their young family into I'll say, a more wholesome setting to to raise their children and stuff. But that, that took a big decision to basically sell everything that they owned and bet uh, on the success of this general store that was truly out in the middle of, of nowhere. And if you remember your history, in uh, the late 70s, early 80s, we were facing a gas crisis at that point in time. Yes. So... You, know, you not only have this, this challenge of opening a store that's been closed, that's not easy to get to. You also have, you know, the, I don't think they were doing gas rationing at that point in time, but gas prices were high, low comparatively to today, <laughs> but high for that, that period of time. So um,
2: it, it took a lot of creativity to get through all of that. Yeah, and they had an eleven year old little girl who wasn't thrilled about the idea of moving <laughs> up here either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <it's> true, <laughs> and that little eleven year old girl is now our president, and um, d- doesn't feel the same way. She loves it here now, but <laughs> but uh, at the time, that I think they had some convincing to do to get you know it, 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 to make sure that it was the right thing for their family. And uh, they moved into the apartment on the top of the store and began turning things around. John especially loved it. Faye says that if there was a cobweb in the store that John could probably tell you about
1: Wow, it. wow.
0: <laughs> so he, he fell in love with the, the mercantile, the, the feeling of an old, authentic general store And so he had context. He had that in his brain of what it was like when the masks own it. He did. Okay.
2: And one of the very first things that John and Faye did is they went to the neighbors and asked the neighbors, what do we need to sell? What do you need to buy that you can't find other places? So that they could learn what mattered to the neighbors to, you know, our customers. Yeah, that's huge. And that's key. Yeah. And that actually carries on to today. When we go in a new market, one of the very first things we do is we visit our neighbors and uh, we form relationships in those markets because that is that has been the key to our success from the very beginning. From John Cooper walking out the front door of that store and knocking on doors and, you know, introducing himself, I'm some guy from Florida, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and saying, you know, we're opening the store. What do you want? What do you need? I think that was one of the biggest keys to the success. And almost everyone in the, in the community had the same answer, which was, we want our post office back.
0: Ah, Okay
2: and that was important and very serious i mean
0: that has big implications actually it
2: does and and they missed their zip code post office people don't think of of it in the same context as
1: today as at that point in time or even in longer ago but the the post office really is how you get on the map okay so when your post office closes Pretty soon your little town, your little community begins not to be as important because it's been rolled into another community. So you've been swallowed up. It was important to the people who live here in Valley Cruces to have Valley Cruces stay on the map.
2: It's also an important part of the community of Valley Cruces people go there to get their mail. They go there to socialize while they're while I'm picking up my mail and you're picking up your mail, ask some questions and say, you know, how are you doing? I heard your sister was ill. Can I bring you a pound cake? You know, <laughs> things like that.
0: And these are important things because we truly are. You you've said it. Earlier, Sherry, when you to make that turn to come down here, it's a whole other world. You're taking a step back in time, and so people just operated differently back then. There was no community center. There's no big grocery stores. There's th- this was really the meeting place, right? So if you had your your general store and you had your post office, right. this is how you did business. This is how you did life.
2: And we had the potbelly stove and a back porch where people can bring instruments and sit around and pick and sing and, you know, pass the time of day if they need to. So it was, it really is a community place. It still is. We still have pickup. Do you uh, really? Yes. um, Entertainment bands will come uh, or just a few guys will just pick up and start playing um, either on the back porch or around the pot-bellied stove. Definitely.
0: All right. So let's go back to the knocking on the doors and finding out what the people wanted I have to imagine that the population here, the people, it's not like people are moving out and moving in all the time. I have to believe that there's generations and generations of people that live in this valley or this, this valley cruises. Right. Is that is that fair to say? Yes,
2: lots of masks, lots of tailors, <laughs> <laughs> lots of shoals. Um, yeah.
0: So but, for them, there probably was a vested interest in them of wanting to see this come back to life in, in some way. And I guess there's a period of time where, Mr. Cooper and 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 Faye, they were trying to to sell that vision, to try to sell the story to the to the community of what they actually wanted in this place or what they wanted it to become again. Uh, I
1: I think so. And I think that they I'm sure, you know, a a native seeing, you know, someone from the outside coming, oh, you know, what are they gonna do to the store and how are they gonna change it? I think they people who lived here were probably pleasantly surprised Mm -hmm. that they could walk in and at that point in time still get their chop for their cattle or uh, their chicken scratch, uh, things like that. Um, I don't know what chop for cattle is. <laughs> it's basically they, they take corn and they chop it up. That's what you feed them when
2: you're milking them. Oh, yep. okay.
0: <laughs> get an education today on farm life. I'm loving it. See, this is this is authentic <laughs> right here. Did you know what it was? I did not. Okay. No, I'm glad well, you asked. To ask the
2: question. <laughs>
1: The post office thing was, was a big thing because that, that took a lot of uh, stick-to-itiveness uh, and wrangling and maybe a few phone calls to to people. Um, I heard, and while this, this can't be proven, um, it makes a good story, and I think there's probably some truth in it, that when they first made their application, they're like, you know, we, we want to have the post office back in the store, and we'll do it for a dollar a year contract. Well... You think about it, you're not making any money on that. You have to pay staff to go in and get the mail at six o'clock and have it put up by X time, and you have to have people who are in there hand canceling the mail that goes out and having it ready to go at the end of the day. So it's not a money maker, but it is a community maker. Mm. So when they first applied, the, the people who are reviewing these applications are like, <laughs> Red, yeah, right, a dollar a year. Who are these people kidding? So they just Threw it away. So they made application again, and the story I heard, and I'll say I need to dig into this a little bit more, um, was that Senator Sam Irvin had a little bit of influence of pushing that through to get the, the post office back in Valley Cruces.
0: Okay.
2: And I think it also showed the, the community here that the Coopers were here to stay and that they— were doing what they said they were going to do. So I think it was, I won't say a test, but it was definitely a way for the community to begin that process of. Yeah, they're serious. Welcoming them into the community.
0: When did the annex enter into the scene and be part of this?
1: So, you know, when you came in, you crossed a bridge across the creek there. Yeah. The way the annex became a part of the mass store is that bridge was gone. (laughs) And you had to take, you could either ford the creek, you know, drive through the creek, or you could take a detour that took you about 20 minutes to get from where the annex is now to where the original story is. Oh, my. So um, the the family that owned the annex around Labor Day weekend, because that's when they took the bridge out, you know, in in 1982, missing a holiday weekend was a really big deal. You know that having to travel that extra 20 minutes to get two tenths of a mile down the road kind of limits the number of people who are going to come knocking on your door to do business with you. Yeah. So they called the Coopers and said, "Hey, you know, we've got an idea here, uh, but we don't want to use the entire store. Why don't you bring some some stuff down here? and You'll have kind of kind of an, of an annex here." So that's what they did. They, they got some of their clothes, and they cleaned the what's the fashion department now out uh, and neatened it up and opened up for Labor Day weekend with clothing at what's now the Annex. Wow. <laughs> so uh, there, there we go. It's opportunity-driven. That's how we grow. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. There's a really good story about the candy barrel, too, at the Annex. You should tell that story.
1: So everybody thinks now that the, the candy barrel has always been a part of the mass store. Uh, and it's easy to see because um, for the most part, you know, okay, it wasn't we have penny candy at the original store in a little case that's kind of at the end of the front counter now that has candy in it. But we didn't start being associated with the candy barrel as people see it today until 82, 8'3, that neighborhood. and that's because the the man's family, is who owned the the annex and called the Coopers and said, hey, you know, bridge is out. Why don't you bring this stuff down here?
0: Oh, no way. And
1: um, we got an idea. So they opened the the candy barrel. I'm not sure of the exact year that it opened, but any time that we opened another location, like when we went to Boone, there was a storefront available right beside uh, the, the Boone store. So the man's opened a candy barrel there. And there's free pass-through between the two stores, but they are operated by two different entities. Okay. So there used to be a sign that says, please pay for your candy barrel purchases now because you're now leaving the candy barrel.
0: Ah, too funny. So Uh, that was the name of the store? It was The Candy Barrel? The Candy Barrel, yes. Wow.
1: So they they joined us in um, Waynesville. Uh, When we opened there in 1991, there was a a storefront right next to us, which now is where our shoes are. And then after that one, they're like, okay, no more candy barrels because our hands are full. Uh Um, So when we opened in Hendersonville, that was in 1995, there was a candy barrel in the store. But Mass Store didn't really own the candy barrel at that point in time. We purchased it. Officially, in 1997, in January of 1997.
0: Okay, the brand you purchased the brand, yeah, the candy barrel. Yes. Okay,
1: so th- that's that's part of the reason that it's kind of incorporated into our stores. I mean, people already thought it was a part of the mass
2: store anyway. I did. So we just made it so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just learned it like <laughs> a couple a few of weeks months ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought didn't it was no. I, I this is why we need Sherry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the consummate storyteller. Yeah, no doubt about it. So let's go back a little bit. The, you had the annex and and that's what it was. You had the mass general store and you had the annex and that's what you were here in Valley Cruises. Mm-hmm. So what happened that said, you know what, we need to expand. Did you instigate that? Did the Coopers instigate that? Or did somebody come to them and say, Hey, we would like to have some of that in our town. Cause the first location after this was Boone, right?
1: Right. Okay. It was and and it's kind of a, it's kind of a two-pronged thought process here, because the original store in Annex had a lot of business. There were tons of people driving into the valley through, through the time portal to get here to step back in time. And the Coopers stepped back and looked and they were like, wow, you know, we're bringing a lot of traffic into the valley. And they were sensitive to how, how that was being seen by the neighbors and everybody in the community. And they're like, I wonder if there's a way that we can kind of mitigate that and maybe take some of the traffic that's coming to the valley and put it somewhere else. So along about that same time, Hunt's Department Store, which is what the Boone Store was before it became the Mass Store, was closing. And... So that was an opportunity to, to take some traffic away from Valley Cruces to have sort of the same experience in downtown Boone.
0: Okay. Interesting. <laughs> so th- one of the things that, I'm, that I have found in the stores and a lot in reading some of the pieces that you've written, Sherry, is that you don't just go into a store and just pick any brick and mortar. There's literally a story Behind every single store that you all have opened up, that really harkens back to the roots of the Mass General Store. Can you talk a little bit about that, Tracy? Sort well, of that ethos and that mindset?
2: We have a store whisperer. <laughs> we really do. And so we, his name is Jeff Meadows, and he's the store whisperer. Okay. And when we look into, when we're considering expansion, he really listens to the to the brick and mortar he goes he and he he has some um i want to say spiritual i want to say terrestrial uh, (laughs) quality about him that like it's 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 esp i'm not exactly sure but he he understands if this is the right place for mast and if if mast is the right store for the location Mm. and uh, he just knows and it's always a historic location. We don't go into a place. You're never going to find us in a strip mall and we have to have the creaky floors. We have to have the high ceilings. You know, we have to, there are certain things that we just, we, other than the we need a loading dock and we need this and that, those kinds of things. We, we need window space in the front and that team that puts those windows together, that is part of, of Jeff's vision as well. And, okay. and it, it's key to our success, I think, because we have these gorgeous windows in every location, you know, it, it just really sets us apart. Um, so there are certain things I think that he looks for when he goes into a store for sure but it it does have to be the right match. We don't we, you know, we grow slowly and intentionally, you know, we it has to be the right the right place. So, uh we, our most recent opening was in Roanoke in 2020, which was a challenge because of COVID, but um, it is a beautiful store if you have not seen it. I just I en- pictures, I encourage you to 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 take a look It's fantastic that
0: whole town roanoke i'm I spent some of my formative years in Virginia and traveling into roanoke and that's another town that has really had a a revitalization of sorts over the last few years. And so the building that it's in, I only know because of reading. And in fact, this is probably a good spot to mention this that, and we'll have links in the show notes, but if you go to your website, every single store, as you're talking about, there's a story behind it. And Cherry, you've done a great job of curating (laughs) all of that, but, but really for anybody that's listening and you want to know about that particular place, there's a story behind it and there's an interesting backstory. So, Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: It's, uh, I mean, speaking to the histories of the store, it's. It, sometimes we think about history as, okay, that's history, and there it is. We're finding out new things about our stores all the time. For instance, our Asheville store, I thought for some unknown reason, that it was back, linked back to the 1940s. In some instances, yes, it is to the the, the 1940s because there was a fire that destroyed the store that was there before, but it left a shell, and that shell was rebuilt in the 1940s, and that's when Fane's department store moved in. But the store location and the store that was there actually dates back to, gosh, it was the mid-1800s. Wow. So I'm, I'm discovering, as I have time to, to get my shovel and dig into it a little bit more, uh, all kinds of interesting interesting stories about all of our locations
2: the winston-salem store had we had a an adventure finding trying to understand these metallic these little metal pieces that were in the floors at the store and i think you finally found out that those were tobacco tags is that not not tobacco tags they were
1: uh rings that were used in cotton mills oh so when you're you're weaving things. There's these little rings that keep the, the threads from getting, I guess, jumbled up or crossed and stuff. And sometimes they fall off. And when they fall off, you walk
2: them into the, oh. the wood. So they're How embedded into the floors at, at the Winston store.
0: So let's talk <laughs> about the customer experience for a minute. When you have somebody that walks into a store, any store. Uh, because they all, there's a similar theme and thread that runs through all of these. But what are you really hoping that the per, the, the customers are going to see? And what are you hoping that they're going to experience and take away from walking into a Mass General store?
1: Well, I guess our ultimate goal is uh, a very different retail experience. Um, because I think all of us have grown very accustomed to everything is self-serve. Uh, you go in, you find what you want, and... Or you don't find what you want, and then you leave. So, our our thought process is: um, we want people to to be welcome, just like it's our home. Uh, we want to greet you. We want to make you feel at home, and you know, be there to help you find what you're looking for. We might ask you some questions, like, and you're thinking, "Why why are they asking me that question?" And I think shoes are are a good example. Um, when you go in and say, I'm looking for a pair of hiking boots, we might say, okay, well, we have a lot of those. Let me ask you what kind of hiking you're going to be doing. Where are you going? Uh, and then they, they might say, let's look at your foot, because it, it's interesting to think about your foot as a uh, three-dimensional object. And we have I, the mast fit. Yeah. Um, so... Instead of just length and width, which is what a lot of people just think, well, I wear, you know, a seven and a half wide. Well, you know, well what about the volume of your foot? Some shoes can accommodate more volume. If you have a high arch, you probably need a higher volume shoe. And that could be why the ones that you bought before don't fit right is you're not looking at the right volume for your foot. The people in the shoe department are incredible. Unbelievable.
0: Mhm. You're um, right. They have that.
2: their own fan clubs. <laughs> <laughs> they do literally. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. Jim at the original store. Mike at the Winston Salem store. They really people come in and say, uh, "Is Mike here today?" And if he's not there, they'll say, "Okay, I'll come back tomorrow."
0: <laughs> Too funny. Too funny. <laughs>
2: not that the other guys and, and ladies aren't great, but they just have their fan club, yeah. and they. They want to deal with Matt, with Mike and Jim.
1: So it's it's part of the customer service experience. Um, I mean, I, I go in and ask for help all the time for um, to put together outfits because obviously I can't dress myself. So I'm like, okay, does this go with this? And they'll, they'll look at me when I come out and they're like, no. <laughs> I'm like, well, will will you help me pick out something? And they do. So you know, when I when I leave. I look presentable. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, and, and that's our goal is to to make sure that people have a, a fun experience. There, there's a lot of what we'll call eye candy, and it's not all in the candy barrel. Uh, the things on the uh, the high walls are there to engender conversations or questions or, hey, what is that funny looking thing? Up
0: yeah, there? yeah.
1: So it, it's all to create conversation and interactions that are face-to-face and human and real
2: I also think about knives and the the service around the knives most of our stores have a a really nice knife section and the people who work in the knife stores are aficionados so they know everything (laughs) I mean I I just stand there and let them talk and listen and you know, and try to just absorb as much as I, as I can because it's so interesting. And so, one year, I think five or six people on my Christmas list got knives, nice. you know, just because I couldn't pull myself out of there. But uh, while you're standing there, um, they're going to ask you a million questions, too, um, about how you're going to use the knife, what, you know, how you plan to handle it, how you plan to carry it. And while you're standing there, they'll sharpen your own knife. If you have a pocket knife with you, uh, they'll be happy to sharpen it while you're, you're you know, choosing which knife you want to upgrade to or, or, or purchase. So I also think about knives when I think about customer service and how important that is that, you know, if you're spending money on a, a knife, you want, they want, we want to make sure that you are, that we're giving you the best product possible.
0: Yeah. We're kind of talking about your brand. This is, this is what your brand is. This is what you represent and you're doing such a great job explaining it. And as you're explaining each of these examples, I am just replaying in my own mind to my first ever experience over 20 years ago now at this point at the Valley Cruises location. And then I live in Hendersonville. And so we have a very nice store in Hendersonville. And Tracy, I was telling you a couple of weeks ago that you know uh, my Christmas list or my Christmas shopping um, is not complete until I am in the Mass General store buying something. And usually there's something for everyone, which is probably also a good time to say, we have a lot of listeners who are really gonna understand what we're talking about when we talk about your store. And hopefully you can make the connection. In between old mercantile, general store, and you know, today's day and age. But for those people who haven't been into one, you have everything. You have the boots that you're talking about, you have the socks, you have the knives, you have the jewelry, you have the clothes for men and for women.
2: Preserves. For, don't forget about pre- the preserves. Preserves, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the you cherry have, preserves are my new favorite. They're, are they really? They're fantastic.
0: Yeah. They yeah. really, I mean, goodness, I mean, yes. But you have pottery. You have you know, shaving cream. I mean, you just have, it's everything. It's everything you can think of. And I'm thinking of my own kids as they were younger, Sherry, when you were talking about, and Tracy, the things that are on the high walls and even some of the candy, you know, you go back and even my wife and I, you could pull up some of the old candies and they're, they're just conversations that you have with your kids. We may not think that's a big deal because we're reminiscing, but I know from my kids, because they've, some of them have grown up in the store now, you know, going to the store over the last 10 years it makes an impact. And so there's conversations that you can have. And, and and the kids think it's neat when they see something that mom and dad used to like, or, you know, and now I find my kids gravitating towards some of those candies too. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's the whole experience that you're talking about because you go into the store and yes, there are times I pop in there because I want to get the jacket or the shirt, but there's also times that I pop in honestly and I don't walk out with anything. I probably, like that. That <laughs> I, I, I probably shouldn't tell you that. I probably shouldn't tell you that. No, there, no. That's... But, but there are times where literally my daughter, Carson and I and also Kinley, Kenley, I mean we'll just go in and you know, she may walk out to the kid. Now I say if I go in with the kid, we're walking out with something. Because yes. there's <laughs> there's no way we're not. But there are times where we just walk around and you're just and I lived there and I've lived there for ten years and you still just walk around and look. Mm-hmm. It's just that kind of a place. Mm-hmm. When I go there, it's not just to shop for something, it's an experience. So when when we've been in to buy slippers or to buy maps in uh, upstairs in the outdoor section, at least in, in our stores, the outdoor section in Hendersonville. Just last week, we were in there trying to find something for my daughter, or a couple of weeks ago, for my daughter's birthday. And, you know, the lady is, you know, hanging these clicket glasses, like the clicket glasses I have on. I noticed and, you were wearing Yes, <laughs> I got them en masse. That's right. Uh, so she helped me with that. And then also opening the door, you know, and helping somebody else with something else, just multitasking. But it's that personal experience. And that's the thing that's amazing. There's never been a time that I've walked into a Mass General store that you haven't had a conversation at some level with somebody more than just, you know, that'll be 1343, thank you. You know, I mean, there's just something (laughs) that kind of goes into that, that whole experience.
1: It's really our goal when we go into our communities to get to know them before we grow another community. So we are forming those relationships with our nonprofit partners, with our neighbors, with our downtown associations, with our regular customers even. So we we kind of know and understand what's going on, what's important to that community, what's important to our our employees in that community.
0: You're exactly right. It's so much more than just the products. It's so much more than that pricing center up there. So much more than the shipping trucks leaving out. It, it's so much more than that. Yeah.
2: One thing that's really important to mast that we hadn't haven't really touched on yet is um, is community and how it's how important it is to us to support our community through whether it's through the food banks or uh, land conservancies um, aiding the you know the homeless whatever the needs are in that those communities we want to be a part of that because it matters to our, our employees it matters to our customers and so it matters to us I think that's important to to understand that we're not just when we expand we don't just you know we're not just hoping for dollar signs you know we really want to have roots in the community and we really want to be a part of that community through the good times and the bad times you know I mean we've as uh, in our history we've had tough times the last two years. Uh, And then we've had some really great times, but community and family shares that. Yeah. Whether it's good or bad. And that's why it's important to us.
0: Well, I'm so thankful that it is because it is creating those types of moments and memories with, without a doubt. And you said it best that people are craving the connection and we think that we don't. Now, there are things that I like about being able to get on you know, Best Buy and go and pick it up, have somebody bring it to me.
2: We have a website too. You can do that There, as well. there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go.
0: Plug, plug, plug. Um, and I, 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 I need, dot yeah, com. That's right. And I already owe you for four batteries because I ran out of batteries <laughs> here recording, so I needed to pay you for that. But, uh, but yeah, it's... Um, so let's talk about some of those products though. Let's talk about... You're aware of the community, you get to know the community, but how has the products changed between what you used to carry, what you carry now, and then maybe we can blend in some of the unique product lines that that you all carry as well. Because I will tell you as somebody who's very obviously interested in the outdoors, I mean, I'm just salivating at all the posters and all the banners that I see hanging up. I'm like, I know that brand, know that brand, know that brand. So there's a lot of good stuff that you carry.
1: Well, I will say when, when John Faye first got into the general store business, they met with um, a longtime vendor at the Mass Store, and I I believe he was from uh, Mitchell Powers, which is a hardware seller that was based in Johnson City. And I think, if it was Mitchell Powers... I think we still buy from them. We bought from them from, I have receipts and, and uh, bills from the early 1900s in our wallpaper books that we used as our ledgers. So I can go back and look to see what we, we purchased at that point in time. So they talked to him and they said, what would a general store carry that is still useful today? Mm. So he was very kind in his his thought process in in telling them, you know, these are the things that you need to carry. These would be nice to have um, type of recommendations. Because at that point in time, they had to sell this pen in order to go buy another pen. (laughs) So they started out with, with that thought process. And then they listened to the community and their customers and stuff. What are you looking for? Okay, we'll see what we can do about that. So in some ways, I think that's the way we kind of handle our, our purchasing today is uh, we listen to feedback from the employees, from our customers to, to make choices to move forward. And our buying is we're tasked with buying locally first if we can find it locally. Then we look regionally if we can find it, what we're looking for regionally. Then we look nationally and then internationally um, and there's a lot of factors that go into that, with um, you know price points and stuff like that, and what the market will bear. Uh, because you know we had to stay in business in right. order to be able to get back to the community and employ our, our employees and, and stuff. Uh, so there, there's a lot of considerations, but we do look local first if we can find it there, and that's why each store will have something that would be a true take-home souvenir from that community. Uh, It might be soap. We have local soap makers in most every community. Sometimes we have jewelry from the the local area. Um, So there's some connection that you can make Mm. in all of our
0: locations. Wow. Mm -hmm. So this many years being in business and this many stores that have a unique history to them, there have to be some amazing stories and i'm sure you could probably tell stories all day what are some of your top favorite stories that you've heard coming out of the locations or just being a part of this brand for this many years
2: well we have to tell the chicken hatch story <laughs>
1: um th- this is primarily at at the original store and um Lots of times, if if he's there, I ask Alan Mast, whose dad was the last Mast to to own the store. He's the the manager in the middle room. Oh wow! Um, to tell the story about the chicken hatch, but basically, it's a hole in the floor that's covered by a trap door, and the reason it's there is we used to take chickens in trade. You know, we we worked on the barter system, so local people could bring in a chicken and say it'd be weighed and determined, you know, how much credit you get on your your bill uh, based upon that chicken and it would be put below the floor. And I know, you know, your listeners and you, I could see it in your face like, "What? <laughs> um, why is there a chicken hatch in the floor and the chickens go below the floor?" <laughs> there were some enterprising young people here in the valley back in the, the early 1900s. That would get double their money for their chickens because Uh they would go to Mr. Farthing and trade their chicken and he would take it and put it in in a chicken uh, coop behind the store. They wait until he wasn't looking and go take their chicken and come across the field and and bring it back to Mr. Mast and trade it there. So, um, they finally caught on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's why the chicken hatches is, is in the floor and the chickens were there until it was time to take them to market. And, you know, it, kind of the barter system is, uh, an interesting thing to talk about too, is that's the people in the local area may not have money to pay for their goods, but they still need goods. So the, the shopkeeper would figure out, okay, this is how much I can get for this chicken when I take it to the market. And that's how he determined how much credit he would give them on their purchases they're making in the store. And then when he takes the chicken to the market to sell it, he uses that money to put things back on the shelves.
0: What are some other stories? What are some other – well, how about you all? What are some of your fondest memories? I mean, you both work here. And, Sherry, you've worked here for a number of years.
1: I have twenty-eight.
0: Wow, twenty-eight <laughs> years—that's that's awesome. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, you blink and time goes. So, wh- what are some of your fondest memories or experiences being an employee here? And and I'll just leave that wide open. I don't want to try to narrow that question down anymore for you. What are some of your best experiences?
1: So, there is a a, a bike ride here called Blood Sweat and Gears, and it's a a nonprofit. Ride that raises money for it started off raising money for the Red Cross, but it has grown into something that raises money for a number of different other nonprofits, and it brings riders from all over the country and sometimes all over the world who come to, I guess, just abuse their bodies. <laughs> I, I, frankly, I just it's don't big get for it. cycling. Yeah, yes, it, it, it's a huge, huge ride and yeah. very well known when they open up applications to ride. It sells out in in minutes. Um, But there's a group of us that, that do an aid station for that ride. And every year we have a theme. Every year we dress up in costumes and we have music and we might have murals painted or other decorations, bubbles, I mean all kinds of stuff. And the feedback that we get from writers who stop in because, you know, the first one is just blow by or they don't even see you because they're, they're in it to, to, to win, win it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, I, I must end this thing in two hours or less, which they can't do, but yeah, they, they're trying. But then there are ones who come in and we're, we're you know, here's, here's your, your bananas. You, do you need to have a seat? Take a load off here. And Let's they're talk like, a little bit. and they're, they're, uh, they're like, Oh my gosh, these costumes are crazy. <laughs> we did kind of a new orleans themes mardi gras so we had beads for everybody and and stuff and they didn't have to do any of the typical things that you usually have to do to get your beads um
0: keeping it pg here. yes it was very pg they
1: just had to stop in and talk for a while so so but we wanted to make it fun it's just like coming in the store we yeah. want to make it fun and the the group of people that usually help out with that i can call them up and say hey I've got
2: this really crazy idea. You want to help? And they're like, Oh yeah.
0: That's awesome.
2: I always, one of the, I wouldn't call it a memory, but I think one of the things that I like most about MAST is how we care about our customers and how MAST cares about the employees and how sincere that is on both counts. And I, I really appreciate MAST because they are sincere in how they really care about their employees. And from from John and Faye to Lisa to, you know, people who aren't your managers who just, you know, check in on you. Um, because it's, it's sincere. They really, really care. On um, all levels. It's not just level. here at, at the home office. It's in
1: in all of the, the store locations and um, satellite locations, too. As you were driving into the valley today, it is kind of like going back in time. It is. And, and part of that is a, a concerted effort on behalf of the store and on behalf of the Cooper family. Um, the the store, the original store, is in a conservation easement that says, the facade of the store shall never, ever be changed. Awesome. The land all around it is in a conservation easement that John and Faye Cooper purchased and put the, the land in the conservation easement to maintain the, um, the, the character of the community. Uh, they were very instrumental in, in helping Valley Cruces become the first rural historic district in North Carolina. So there are certain stipulations within the historic district that you must follow if you have new construction or are making changes to your home Wow! Uh, to maintain its character. I mean, it, you look at the, our, our buildings, every one of them was, has been built in the 1870s or after. And it, it's kind of like recycling. Um, the infrastructure is there it needs to be used. It, we don't need to, to tear up this field out here and build something new when we have something that's perfectly good here. And that's kind of the, the, the idea behind supporting conservation and uh, doing our part with recycling and so many of those things is to be good stewards of the resources we're, we're taking care of.
0: We were touring the, the whole property here and we went into the wood shop, And in that wood shop. It was amazing to me what you were building. So everything that you build, everything inside, you don't buy, you build. Right. And so all of your cases, all of your racks, all of your stands, all of everything that whole that whole infrastructure, the upfit is all done right here. So that's sustainable as well. And he was showing me there were some areas. Uh, I think it was, um, I forget now. It was one of your stores. Maybe I don't. I forget. But it was one of the stores that they are doing their inventory and they don't need as much space. So they store the stuff here. And then when they need more storage, they'll pull it back in. And yeah. So everything you do here is self-sustaining as well.
1: Uh, We we try to take everything with an ice to sustainability. And I think, you know, buying locally and stuff is, is also a part of that, that thought process. So, and the, the building our fixtures, we used to have antiques. We go and purchase antiques and put them in each store. Uh, and then that became unsustainable mm. uh, because there weren't they just weren't out there. There weren't stores that had wall units that were in good shape to to put into new stores, and that's that's why we began taking what the uh, the wall units looked like from well from a store in Spartanburg. We'll say we purchased uh, fixtures from a store in Spartanburg and put them into our store in Waynesville. Awesome. Um, those have since been changed out because the, the, mer- the way things were merchandised don't work in today's world. But the sweater cases, Melanie, who used to be the GM down there, would fight you if you tried to take the sweater <laughs> cases out.
0: That's awesome.
1: And that they're, they're beautiful pieces of art.
0: Um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. And it, l- it looks period. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, it definitely looks Period. Uh, and they take great pride in what they're doing up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, all three of those gentlemen that were in the woodshop, Tracy, they 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 were beaming with pride. So,
2: And we're proud of what they do. I mean, it's, they're, they're, they're incredible. <laughs> it's, it's amazing what they do and how they do it.
0: Well, you know, something you were talking about earlier, even when you pull into this this area, I didn't know what to expect. And so I'm looking at it in Google Maps, and I had, I still had no idea. But as you're pulling in here – You still, I mean, you see your stores and they're just, they're stunning. They're just beautiful. Look like they're part of a, you know, a Norman Rockwell painting in a downtown, you know, Thomas Kincaid kind of a thing. And then you pull in here and it's just rural and it's peaceful and it's just grounded yeah. Uh, I don't know how many Our address, is,
2: our address is 200 pumpkin center. It no, is. just one P in there. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, that kind of tells you we are in the middle of nowhere.
0: You, you um, are, but it, I have to believe that it, it just is all part of your ethos as well. And, you know, when you walk out and you think of all the things you're doing, you know, in the stores, and then I, I'm, I mean, I'm literally looking right up a mountain bank right here and you mm-hmm. got cows and you have, you know.
2: Yeah. Mr. Howell's garden is right over there. You have to tell okay.
0: us about Mr. Howell. You got to tell us about this story. Yes,
2: yes. I don't know if he still does. He still today go to the store to the store. Yeah. Okay. Not as often. He has. So Mr. Howell lives next door. He's our neighbor, and lived there for a long, long time. He's lived in the valley forever. He goes to the store every day in his in his truck, and will have have himself a bologna sandwich. And so when I first heard this story. I said probably to Sherry I didn't know we sold sandwiches at the store and she said we don't we don't we don't sell them we just have the bologna and the bread and the the mustard there for Mr. Howell and I was like <laughs> oh okay so but that to me that is like such a great story that says Mr. Howell matters to Mast and Mast matters to Mr. Howell amen and so you know I just think that's I love that story. And, um, I don't know where we keep the baloney, but, um, I would like to find out (laughs) maybe I might need a lunch one day, but yeah, I love that story.
0: And so as you're coming in to work and out of work, you're saying he's he's still here on his property, gives you the big thumbs up and a big smile. He gives us
2: a thumbs up and smiles and can see he's working in his garden all the time. Not right now, but, uh, as soon as he gets those in the ground, he's, you know, you see him out there. I see him every day. I'll say he's up in age, but he could probably outwork the three of us put together. You
0: know that's true.
1: Um, I he, wouldn't challenge him, oh, that's for sure. no. He can toss a hay bale with the best of them. He still cultivates with a horse and wow. a wow. cultivator. Wow, no way. So um, he, he is an anachronism, and he's awesome. And don't tell anybody he likes to dance. Oh.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> I think You heard it here folks. Yeah, I
2: didn't know that either. Maybe we'll get him up by the... (laughs) I'd say he could probably cut a fine rug. Yeah, I bet he can too.
0: (laughs) That is awesome.
2: Um, Another thing I was just thinking about was recently with COVID, there were days where I was just looking for some good news. I think it was last year, there was a couple had planned their vacation to stop at every masked store. Wow. And that was their vacation that year. And I thought, oh, that's a really good story. <laughs> you know, that's really nice that they wanted to spend their vacation, you know, with us. And, uh, and they did. And we got pictures in every store of, of this couple. I think we put it on social, too.
0: That's awesome. Well, I think it's just a testament to what we talked about going way back to the very beginning and that it's, and it's an authentic place you know, these aren't just your brick and mortar that you're going to throw up and how many can we do and how much revenue can we make? It's about providing that customer experience. And for somebody to say that I want to go visit all, all those stores, they all have a story. They're all in a great city or a great little mountain town. And I'm sure there are other things they can build around that vacation too, but what a, what a great anchor to have.
1: Yeah. Well, and we're always talk about building on, on the vacation. We're always happy to to help you find things to do, too, you can ask anyone uh, if you're being fitted for shoes, you know, hey, I'm looking for a good place to, to get an Italian dinner. Uh, can you tell me where would you go? Um, we want to tell you about our community and, you know, find ways to enjoy it that you may not have discovered before.
2: You can walk right out. You can buy a pair of hiking shoes at, the, at several stores and hop on a trail when you leave the the door of the store. That's right. Um, and and we have we have brochures in, in many of our stores that di- will direct you to local hiking trails and things like that. A lot of our outdoor folks, uh, several of them have hiked the entire AT, AT um, but all of them have experience in hiking.
0: Well, listen, uh, I could do this all day long.
2: Well, we, we're – <laughs>
0: Yeah, this has been fun. Well, I'm glad. Well, hopefully it's a it's a little a trip down memory lane for you. But from a customer, I want to tell you all thank you for what you do. And I have been wanting to have you all on the podcast for... A very very long time, and so Tracy, thank you for reaching back out and come back this, anytime. We will. We're we're also going to foreshadow or or let you know that we'll be back hopefully with Lisa Cooper, the current president, the eleven year old at the time when the Coopers purchased this this property and this or excuse me, this company, and uh, we're going to have a special treat around the uh, holiday Christmas time too. So at least that's our plan. So if we say it, we have to manifest and make it happen, right? Yes, so, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're I think
2: maybe we, you could. Maybe we can do it in the Hendersonville store Ooh. and you can do a little shopping while you're there. And I can do that. Lisa could be your personal shopper.
0: Uh, we can do that. I would love <laughs> that. She's great at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, thanks for the time today and thanks for touring me around the whole uh, office here and around the grounds. And and I, I just really just thank you for what you do. Thank you for your passion too, because it really comes through in everything that you do. It's a great company. It's a great experience. And wish you all the best.
2: Thanks thanks for the opportunity.
0: My first experience visiting the original Mass General Store was nearly 20 years ago on a Valentine's weekend ski trip. I'll never forget walking through the doors onto the squeaky and undulating wood floors, the smell of fire burning in the potbelly stove, the eclectic mix of a working hardware store, country general store and gift items, and a sense that I had somehow stepped into a time portal. I felt grounded, connected to the past, and unhurried. Two decades later... I feel fortunate to have a Mass store in my downtown, and it's become more than just a touristy experience where I bring out-of-town guests when they visit. It's a place where I've shopped for my whole family, connected with friends, taken a mental trip down memory lane, and watched out-of-town guests experience Mass for the first time. I've observed staff helping customers, giving recommendations for gear, local places to eat and explore, sharing history and their love for the Mass brand. I hope you've enjoyed this behind-the-scenes look at MAST and a trip down memory lane yourself. If you did, please subscribe, as we have a lot of great episodes coming your way this year. If you really loved it, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps us to reach more people. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can stay up to date with future episodes. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram, and feel free to reach out to me at mike at explorationlocal.com if you have an idea for a future episode. This week alone, I received about five of those types of emails. Thank you so much. I love connecting with you all. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Until we meet again, I encourage you to wander far, but explore local.